Welcome to the Energy Transition Podcast. My name is Ronan Kavanagh, Deputy Editor of EI New Energy, and I'm delighted to be joined today by our Executive Editor for Operations, Noah Brenner, to talk about our fast-approaching Energy Intelligence Forum. Hi, Ronan. It's great to be here. Thank you for coming along, Noah. Now, this is the second time we're conducting the forum under pandemic conditions. I mean, it's all online again this year. But I suppose that's something we're, we're all used to now, isn't it? Like so many things in our life that are kind of very different. It is. Um, it's, it's, you know, I hate to say the new normal because I hope we're in a, a different normal here as, as soon as we can be. But, you know, as, as you say, it's, it's kind of the new background to our lives and, and to the lives of, of the energy industry and, and all of those that, that we're reporting on as well. But, I mean, we are trying to look beyond that. And I think, you know, one of the things I'm really interested with the forum is, is exploring those opportunities and the challenges that the industry faces as the world does emerge from the pandemic. And, and that's really reflected in the conference title. Uh, it's, it's an industry redefined uh, energy in an evolving world. And that's, um, you know, that, that's what we're seeing as, as, uh, as the world kind of begins to normalize again. And, you know, with the energy transition increasingly front and center in that world. Certainly. I mean, the energy transition, while, you know, it, it's, been growing um, you know, year by year, I, I think it just really rocketed to the top of the agenda um, for companies and, and for governments in 2021. I mean, one thing that the pandemic really has done is accelerated that shift toward a cleaner, more diverse mix of energy, um, whether it's you know oil and gas with lower carbon emissions, obviously, um, renewables are, are coming on, continuing to grow at leaps and bounds. And as well, you know, the these more, I guess, what, what we'd see as cutting edge options um, like hydrogen and that seems to really kind of be on everybody's on everybody's agenda these days, and you know at the same time with with the global challenge of addressing climate change, um, it's you know we're ha- we're having more of these discussions around the need to to ensure that the transition is efficient um, and that it's equitable um, to to be able to power this global economic recovery. I mean, one of the things that we need to to really think about is is you know, all of those people that don't have as much access to power. And how are um, you know how are people going to to be able to to develop? How is the world going to be able to develop um, at the same point as as it meets the the climate goals that that we simply you know need to, to to achieve? And of course, I mean all of this is coming into much sharper focus with the COP twenty six talks in Glasgow fast approaching. They are coming up, yeah, faster faster by the day. Um, I mean the upcoming talks. It's really you know it's obviously adding momentum to the energy transition, um, to the dialogue, both uh, with companies and with countries, um, taking on more ambitious targets. And so, you know, we'll be looking at what we should expect from the climate talks. I'm, I'm really excited. I, you're, you're moderating that panel. Um, and, and I think that those talks are going to really permeate through a, a lot of discussions. Um, and how that momentum is going to play out, you know, with investors um, talking with companies and, and, and as well with the broader society. A key theme now, no, at Glasgow uh, is how the energy transition can be accelerated. I mean, what are the key questions there that we're going to be looking at? Sure. I mean, you know, we're seeing these net zero ambitions, um, again, from companies and countries. Um, but, you know, achievement of these ambitions are far from a sure thing at this point. Um, and so I think what we're really interested in is kind of where are the obstacles um, that the transition will face? Um, and, and how is it going to proceed, um, you know, could it proceed more slowly, I guess, than, than, than all of these ambitions would suggest? 
Um, you know, is it going to be kind of fits and starts? I mean, we're certainly seeing things like higher energy prices right now in, in Europe, um, higher gas prices. You know, is that sort of a transient growing pain or are these, you know, more um, more specific problems that we're going to, to need to, to face? I mean, will governments and technology push rapid head spinning change? Um, and just how disruptive will it be in the coming years? I mean, these are these are all questions that we can, you know, th- that we need to explore because the details are, are far from certain. Looking specifically at the conference, I mean, more of it of the forum this year is devoted to the transition than ever before with dedicated panels, you know, looking at many facets. What can we look forward to of this? Well, so, I mean, one thing we're looking at, you know, uh, in, in great depth um, is that the strategies that companies need uh, to reach their climate goals and their net zero targets. I mean, and how can companies and governments work together to to achieve these targets that both, you know, both agree are are important and, and who's going to, to pay for the types of changes that are needed? I mean, you know, one thing that, that companies have highlighted is that, you know, the transition needs enabling by governments. They need the right policies in place, the right regulations the right structures. And so I think that's a, a really important topic to explore more around. Um, I mean, another thing is how shareholders are shaping the energy transition. What do, you know, what do these large pools of, of international capital, um, what do they want companies to do? How far will they go in directing the strategies of, of major energy companies? And as those demands um, from shareholders, as those expectations continue to evolve, how should companies be thinking so that they can position themselves kind of one step ahead so that they're not playing catch up um, with those those expectations from shareholders so that they're kind of meeting them as they evolve real time? And so I think these are really key questions to ask. And I think we've got the right people to, to talk with to, to answer. Them. And on the economics of the energy transition, we're, we're planning something special too, aren't we? As well, yeah. No, thank you for for highlighting that. Um, you know, we have a panel that's that'll be held in honor of our longtime friend and colleague, uh, Dr. Herman Franzen, um, where we talk to leading economists to understand the challenges and opportunities um, for economics to to really kind of help guide policymakers and society as we try to create that clean and efficient and equitable energy system. Um, and so, I think that's going to be a really interesting discussion um, to try to unpack. Kind of what you know, what cues and and what guidance can we can we get um, from economics as 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 we try to tackle what's both uh, an economic question and and an environmental one? Absolutely, and I mean beyond all of those really big picture issues, I mean there's deeper dives planned too into some of the critical technologies. Can you give us some examples? I mean, foremost, as as we mentioned before, is is hydrogen. Um, you know, it's certainly a, a it's a, a technology that's been around for quite some time. It's, it's always kind of been the next thing that companies were, were, were looking at. But I mean, will it really live up to the hype this time? And, you know, is there a big role for, say, blue hydrogen, um, you know, uh, created from natural gas with, with CCS? Um, you know, how will that compare to, say, green or renewable based hydrogens? Uh, I, I, CCS itself, I think, is, is really a, a very interesting question. Again, a, a technology that's been around for a long time. But the scale um, and the efficiency that's needed to make it work um, to, to achieve the goals that, that the world has, uh, you know, it's certainly not something that we've seen um, to date. And so, you know, can it overcome those challenges to, to really meet, meet the role that both companies and countries say, say that it needs to? And of course, transport is a key issue for the industry as well, isn't it? I mean, it really is the bread and butter. 
I mean, absolutely. It's um, it is is key for demand. It is key for for the dynamics of of you know what what types of of uh, energy people are are asking for. And so, I mean, to that end, we've got a really interesting panel on electric vehicles, looking at how quickly they can become mainstream. Obviously, they're growing very very fast, but at the same point, it's off a small base and and in in and in different rates in different places, um, key markets especially. And so. Um, we've got another panel that I'm really interested in. Uh, where it's the first time we've kind of explored aviation and, and jet fuel um, at the forum, and so we're going to be looking at at how the airline industry's ambitious emissions targets are shaking up the jet fuel industry, particularly as the, as that industry kind of emerges, begins to emerge maybe from from the pandemic. It was it was hit so hard, um, and how suppliers are trying to develop that new. Um, those new sustainable aviation fuels and, and ramp up enough production to, to meet the demand for, for travel as it recovers. And so, you know, I think these questions are really critical to, to reshaping and understanding the reshaping of the transport sector. And then that as well is critical to, to understanding the trajectory for, for oil. Now, the forum is not all new energy, though, is it? Um, we're looking, too, at the interplay between the old and the new as being equally important. It is. And, and I think one of the things that um, that's really exciting there, and again, the first time that we've really explored it uh, at, at the event is is nuclear. I mean, kind of straddling old and new. Um, you know, we'll have, um, you know, really, uh, I, I think what's a really topical panel, a really interesting one around can nuclear find a place in the energy transition? I mean, it is absolute, you know, uh, no carbon, um, very low carbon to no carbon energy. Um, that we need, but it hasn't taken off in the same way that we've seen, um, say, renewables or things like that. And then as well, looking at the future of gas, um, you know, is, is it a, a destination fuel? Is it a stopgap solution? Um, you know, I think that question is incredibly topical um, as we see these high gas prices in Europe and in Asia and really understanding, um, you know, what that means for for policy, what that means for economics, Um of the energy mix moving forward, and particularly around LNG, and how companies who've who've bet big on LNG, who've really put a, a lot into those areas, um, you know, uh, look at their shifting strategies and and the risks um, from the energy transition, and how that's that's perhaps changed their outlook. And so, I think there's there's a lot there to to unpack. And of course, this raises existential risks, doesn't it, for the industry? What are some of the key themes there we're going to explore? I mean, you know, it does. And it's, uh, you know, I, th- I think one of the areas that, that has, you know, we've talked about for over the last few years, but, but remains very, very topical, um, you know, focus on this focus on returns over production growth and accelerating energy transition strategies. You know, they've just made companies much more choosy about their investments in the upstream. And so, you know, spending needs to, to go to those places where it's going to generate the highest return, um, not necessarily the highest, you know, highest volume. And so I think we'll, you know, I think we'll get a really interesting look at kind of what sets apart those assets and, and whether people are looking at the same set of factors um, when they're deciding how to spend their, their upstream dollars. Um, and so I think it's also, you know, moving beyond that, especially for those assets that may not make the cut for certain companies, so the European majors who are who are becoming very, very choosy, um, who then owns those those assets that, that aren't going to have a home in the portfolio of the majors or the other public companies? You know, are those uh, NOCs? Are those traders? Are those private companies or private equity-backed companies um, who are going to see, you know, potential real opportunities 
uh, to invest in these types of assets. But also, what does that mean you know, for the world as it's thinking about ultimately decarbonization? And what does it mean for OPEC plus? What's the outlook for them? Um, I mean, we see you know, potentially the IEAs and, and, and our own uh, scenarios um, see OPEC plus market share rising you know, to record highs. Um, over the next couple of decades. But I mean, that market share is it's, it's a, a bigger piece of a shrinking pie um, and with potentially falling prices. And so, you know, many of the companies that are, I'm sorry, many of the countries that are members of, of OPEC plus and their national oil companies, I mean, they argue that they are the low cost producer um, and that their their market is, is safe, even in a, a challenged world. On the other hand, I mean, how they respond to that, that threat, I mean, which really is an existential threat. Uh, if the world moves rapidly away from oil, is um, is a really important question, and and uh, and what does it mean, particularly around pricing and strategies, and um, and the dynamics of the of that producers group? Well, certainly lots of questions there for us to answer on the panels. But besides that, I mean, we have an impressive lineup of um, leadership dialogues as well, don't we, Noah? We do. I mean, I we're uh, very happy to to welcome back. I mean, some of the leaders of, of the largest energy companies in the world will be talking with um, CEOs from companies like Saudi Aramco, um, Abu Dhabi National Oil Company, uh, on the national oil company side, uh, Sonatrack as well, um, as well the IOCs, um, CEOs of Shell, of uh, Total, of Repsol. And I think we've also got some really interesting dialogues set up um, with with some people that maybe you haven't heard from uh, at our events in the past. Um, you know, the the head of uh, Environmental uh, Defense Fund. Um, you know, uh, executives from companies like Sempra who straddle kind of both the hydrocarbon and the electricity side of things. And so I think it's uh, really going to be um, a, a really interesting chance to hear kind of their thinking. As we as we approach uh, COP and and as we kind of move into this next um, this next era of uh, of the energy transition, and of course we're featuring more insights from our own experts, aren't we? Tell us a bit more about that. No, this is an area I'm I'm excited about as well. I mean, we've got a number of briefings planned. I mean, I, I think we have upwards something like ten briefings planned um, with our own uh, our own people, you know, sharing our analysis and our views on key issues. I mean, in one uh, a panel that I think is going to be really um, really interesting, we've we've got our experts discussing where they see the energy transition going next um, in policy, technology, corporate strategy. Um, and, and I'll be honest, uh, we don't all agree necessarily on everything there. I think it's going to be a, a pretty spirited discussion. Um, we also have a look into, into um, pieces of our research, uh, for instance, the, our own levelized cost of energy outlook, uh, where we're looking at the, uh, the, the competition and, and the efficiency of, of various, um, you know, various energy sources. Uh, we have our own look at, at oil markets, our own look at uh, break-evens pricing for for various key producers. And so I just think that we have um, an immense amount to, to share. And I look forward to, to hearing it. And thank you, Noah, for previewing all those themes with us. I mean, there's plenty, plenty to go on and, and much more. We've got lots more panels covering new commodities trading, post-COVID geopolitics, oil, oil supply demand dynamics, and successful venturing in, in new energy sources, to name a few. And there is still time, I would just remind our listeners, uh, to, to, to book your, your digital seat um, at the Energy Intelligence Forum. It's, it's going to be taking place from October 4th to 7th. Um, we've got a very 
long kind of broad agenda that, that, that spans time zones. And I think one of the great things about it too, is that, um, you know, these events are, are also available on demand. And so, you know, you can sign up, you can watch what you're able to given your, your busy schedule, but then you can come back and catch those sessions that, that maybe you missed, or, or maybe you're hearing more about, and you, you know, you'd like to explore more. And so you know, just to, to give a shameless plug, I guess I'll say you can find out uh, more on our webpage, it's um, www.energyintelligenceforum.com, uh, or certainly, um, you know, anybody who, uh, if, if you're a client of ours, you can reach out uh, through your salesperson as well. We would love to have you at the forum, and I, you know, I think you'll you'll see uh, there's I think you'll you'll get a lot from it as well. Yes, please do. So um, do, do, do come along to the forum. And I'd just like to say, finally, thank you to all our listeners today. Um, we hope you enjoy this podcast and that you'll tune in again for our next Energy Transition podcast.